from the great state of Michigan. Podcasting across the world and beyond. Across the world and beyond. It's the Easy Speak and Speakeasy 330 Podcast. A podcast that will go in depth on local and national news, ranging from sports to beer and barbecue. We've got you covered. Get ready for Ain't My Money, Not My Problem, where we'll make the picks, you make the money. Now, go grab your favorite beverage, sit back, and join Tom, Rich, JP, a.k.a. The Giant, and Drew. It's showtime. Yes, 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 it's Sunday night. You know what that means. It's time for the Easy Speak Podcast. We want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight or listening on the uh, podcast platforms. We're glad to have you. Uh, and if uh, you've been with us previous shows, uh, the intro looks a little bit different. We uh, About two months ago, we decided to put some money together. Actually, Rich put some money together and, and had a, a voiceover guy put um, uh, an intro and then other things together. Uh, and this was before Drew departed the show. So in honor of uh, our new member, Tim, um, he is taking the place of Drew. Uh, so if you caught the intro, it said, not Drew, <laughs> in the lower right-hand corner. Um, but uh, ironically enough, they're both Buckeye fans. So, I mean, I don't know what happened if they you know, fell when they were young and hit their head and got confused. But anyways, uh, love you, Dad. <laughs> Because he's a Buckeye fan. But anyways, um, we got a fun show for you guys tonight. We're going to talk a little Tigers. Boy, it's a disappointing weekend. Uh, losing two of three to get to San Diego. Rich, who unfortunately isn't with, with us today, he's got uh, other commitments. Um, Ryan is doing a private tryout for a, another baseball team. So he is occupied with that. We're hoping maybe he pops in at some point. Um, but... It was myself, Rich, and JP went down to the ball game yesterday. It was, we were pretty excited for it. Downtown was rocking. And, well, they lost by almost two touchdowns. So we'll get into that. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more as far as, you know, what we expect from them moving forward the rest of the season. Um, and then we're going to do a, a, a mid-segment rapid fire. I'm going to spit out some team names and see if they're buyers, sellers, and the new invented word that jp brought up uh stay putters so we're going to hit on that uh the washington commanders the the sale of their team has been finalized um we're going to discuss maybe the future for that team uh maybe a name change maybe a new stadium we'll see uh so we'll hit on that and this week we're going to dive into tight ends and running backs for our fantasy football preview uh, so we're going to give you our top picks and then give you some sleeper picks that maybe you um, haven't thought about that could possibly make some noise in this upcoming season. And over under Michigan, Ohio State player staff. So Tim's going to take his duties as a Buckeye fan. He's going to give his over under for his Buckeyes and JP's going to do it for his Wolverines. Uh, but without further ado, let me cue this bad boy up for our, our first guest. Yep. Let's see here. JP the Giant. Oh, yeah. What's up, buddy? What's going on? 
Hey, I just wanted to say welcome to the show, Drew. <laughs> uh, no, that was my first time seeing that introduction, man, and that's pretty cool. I like that. That was yeah, really I, good. I put that together the other day, and um, I had a few extra minutes today, so I've got a couple other surprises for you guys. Uh, oh, so good. excited about this show, and we're going to talk to Tim. Tim, what's up? Tim, Drew, whatever your name is, we know you're about yeah, whatever so, the hell your name is. I, I don't mind being Drew. He seems like he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> seems like a very intelligent person. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll be Drew for the next hour and a half. We actually, uh, Rich actually uh, reached out to that guy about possibly doing a like a, a audit, we'll say, and, and and take his name out and put Tim's in, but he wanted a whole nother uh, a bunch of money, so decided, well, you know what, we'll just make we'll make it work. So um, I'll be Drew. It's fine. Yeah. So. Uh, we're gonna get right right into this, but actually, actually, we're, before we get started, um, I'll give a shout out to our JP and and I, my former co coworker Joe Lara, aka Lax Rax. Um, he's doing some music now uh, in his free time, and he's gonna be putting together some some beats and different things for us that we're gonna antiquate toward toward the show and some of our social. So I want to say what's up to Joe and. Um, I understand he does listen to the show and, and he enjoys it. And I'm glad that, that he does. And we're excited about kind of joining forces. Uh, I'm going to help him out and he's going to help us out. So before we get started, I really wanted to uh, say hello to him. And it's been a couple of years since I've seen him. So I got to get out and say hello to him. So, um, but like I said, in the beginning, we're going to talk some tigers rough weekend. As you can see, there's a picture of us. Pre-game, we were all smiling, having a are good you, time pre-game. Are you FF rough? Oh, well, I mean, the Tigers were. I wasn't. I don't think any of us were, but uh, the Tigers certainly were um, yeah. feeling the old rough rough, so to speak. Yeah. But uh, but it's always a good time. We met at um, Tin Roof, the Tin Roof, and that place is just out of control. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of Nashville in downtown Detroit, which is really nice. It's it's really yep. good to see. I mean, we got down there at like 3 4 o'clock, a couple hours before game time, and it was it was yeah. bumping. So um JP, tell talk about your experiences down there for that game and the expectations. Yeah, it was uh it was a little hot when we got down there. We got the tin roof. We started having some drinks. Uh we kind of bogarted a table and kind of made it the speakeasy table there at the tin roof. <laughs> Uh, the lines to get into the stadium are very long for the mm -hmm. Turkey Stearns uh, throwback Negro League jerseys, uh, which we all got, which is pretty cool, which is hanging yeah. up down here. Well, I don't think any of us will fit in the jerseys that we got. Yeah. They ran out of the, the, the bigger sizes. So expectations from the game. Uh, Friday, obviously, the Padres got out to a lead. Tigers fought back. I said, okay, Manning starting. Let's go down to the game. Uh, they put Manning in the game. He pitched pretty well, and boom, weather delay. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, we're all getting shooed up into the concourse, buying $13 beers, wasting money. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we come back down from the concourse after the weather delay, and what do you know? It's Mason Engler who gets rocked for five runs, and then they brought in the other kid uh, whose name escapes me right now, who, sh who should still be in Toledo. Uh and he got rocked as well. So 
Uh, I think we left at the top of the eighth inning. There was there was nothing more to see. It was time to get home. Kind of hungry and kind of wanted a, something under $80 to eat, so we got out of there. <laughs> yeah, I, I seen a stat today that Engler was the first pitcher to give up 10, 10 hits in like two or three seasons. I yeah. mean, I, I, I don't know what A.J. was thinking, keeping him in there, and um, so it was disappointing. But, um, yeah, we got down there. And um, got into the Copa about, what did you say, about eh, 45 minutes to an hour before the game. Yeah. Went up to the uh, Miller Lite Landing, which used to be called the Pepsi Porch. And to our surprise, they have a happy hour prior yeah. to the start of the game, which, I mean, $5 for 16-ounce Coors Light, uh, Miller Lights. Man, I'm telling you, that's it was cheaper to drink in there at that point than being over at the tin roof. But um, yeah, no, that we all was took pretty, two. Oh, we were double fisting. We took advantage of those. Uh, <laughs> we ended up yeah. getting drinks with under sixty bucks, which was insane. So yeah. Um, but yeah, going into the game, it just you looked at this, seeing that the, the the Tigers had won five of their last seven. Yeah, they took three or four from Kansas City. Yeah, they're in last place, but still, they did yeah. it on the road. They took care of business after taking two or three in Seattle. So there was a lot of high hopes, a lot of high expectations going into this series. Yeah. And it was going to define, in what my opinion was, how the future of the team was going to kind of uh, unravel, we'll say. Are they going to be buyers? Are they going to be sellers? Are they going to be state putters? You know, I think a lot was riding on this weekend. And, and, and we learned a lot about this team after, um, you know, this disappointing weekend. It was, they did play nice today. Um, Alex Fiedo pitched seven innings, only gave up one hit. He, he was really good. That was probably his best, yeah. best outing as a Tiger pitcher in his career. And, you know, it was he was called up from Toledo to make this start. So it'll be interesting to see if, if he stays up with the team or if they send him yeah. back down. Um, but, Tim, I, I, I guess I'll start with you. Um, now I think the picture's painted. I think we can all sit here and, and, and agree that I think this this is probably the end of the road for uh, the hopes of a central division. Are there any players on this current roster, on the roster today, that are untouchable, we'll say? I would say Riley Green's probably the only untouchable player you have. Even Torque at this point, he's up and down. It's a roller coaster with him. So if you could get something for him, I mean, it's worth the job. We're so far from being competitive that if you have something someone wants, get rid of it and start building your farm system for the future. Yeah, I mean, I put together a list here. You got Green, you got Torkelson, and I maybe maybe Matt Manning's untouchable, but those with all their three, I would say if you get an offer for I, them. It would take. It would take. Casey Mize still alive or no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's still alive. Um, and he's been with the team, which is really actually nice to see that even though he's yeah. playing, he's still supporting the team. But I put together this list of, of I, I don't see, because these are the core that they're going to build on. Um, Manning, yeah. prior to last night's start, didn't look so bad. He, 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 you know, coming off an injury, which is probably the reason why he didn't come out uh, after the rain delay. We were pretty disappointed. But, you know, mm -hmm. you, you don't want to take any chances with this guy. So, uh, and Scooble's been good. We really don't know what Mize is yet. He he showed, you know, flashes last year, 
So, um, two years ago, right? Two years ago. Yeah. 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 I mean, and before he got hurt last year. So, but it, it's the, what if it's the ceiling, where's it at? It, it, it's hard to yeah. tell at this point. Um, but I want to go back to Friday night's game and the situation that happened in the ninth inning. You got Josh Hader on the mound. It's the bottom of the ninth. He's probably one of the hardest throwers in baseball, one of the top closers in baseball. They decide to pinch hit Zach McKinstry with Miggy. Comes off the bench. Miggy, who clearly can't hit fastballs anymore. Right. Um, comes in. First two pitches down the pipe, misses, and then he comes with a nasty change up uh, upper 80. So he drops about 10 miles an hour on his fastball and he whiffs. I mean, is this a situation where they're just they're just trying to appease Miggy or or is th- that can't possibly be a scenario where AJ Hinch says, I'm going for this win. Miggy, you're up. JP. Yeah, I mean, I think analytically he had to have seen something there. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Hader's a lefty. Yeah. So yeah. I think they went with the right-handed, left-handed matchup. Uh, as of late, uh, Miggy hasn't hasn't done too bad, honestly. Uh, you know, you look back at uh, the series in Kansas City. He hit that had to go go ahead and hit. You know what I mean? To take the lead in one of those games. So I don't think he's looked too bad lately. Uh, McKinstry's kind of, he's on, that guy's on a big downhill slide. I thought he was one of our core players two months ago, and I I would probably say he isn't now, to be honest with you. And they put him Maybe. at third, they put him at third today, and guess what? He, <laughs> error. <laughs> yeah, They've yeah, been he, jinxed at that position. Yeah, he, he muffed that one. That was Javi all day. But, yeah, it's, I, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> you look at the bench, and there's not very much over there to use as it is anyway, you know, so yeah, it's, they had to have seen something. It was maybe the righty lefty matchup, like I said, analytically, but that was, that was something that I questioned, mm-hmm. especially when McKinstry went two for four and had a home run in that game. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I, you like do? you said, they're, they don't have a whole lot other than, you know, what they have on the field. I mean, they're, right. they're kind of pinching to get players, that are actually major league baseball players. This half of this yeah. roster is triple A at best. And actually to, to think about it, they're nine games under five hundred currently. And and I don't think any of us expected them to be even that close to five hundred. No. So it just kind of goes to show you AJ Hinch has been turning the right screws, pushing the yeah. right buttons, uh, to get these guys that really have no business winning. And, you know, they're not going to have a winning record, but they're playing competitive, good baseball, and, and, and they showed what their abilities were today. So mm-hmm. moving forward, you know, obviously this is, you know, the season's pretty much just they're going to play it out. Let's yeah. say, I think they'll end up third. I don't I don't see any more movement in the division. You know, maybe Cleveland goes on a run. Minnesota's been playing fairly decent baseball. So there's going to be up and downs between them. What are the biggest, most glaring needs? I'll start with you, Tim, that – the Tigers need moving forward? A third baseman that can hit and produce at least probably 20 home runs a year, probably 70 to 80 RBIs, and then probably another outfielder. Personally, I would take Miggy's 30 million and go get you two at-bats middle of the order once his foot money comes up the books this offseason. And there's going to be money to sell or money to buy. Will Chris yeah. Illich 
open up those purse strings, you know, it remains to be seen. He certainly did for Javi, which was, a, you know, at currently a big mistake. But JP, what are some of your areas of need that that yeah. they need now to to make this team better? Well, I mean, you're looking at it down the road. You're going to have about fifty million dollars to play with, and I. I'll see for the last few weeks now, I've been talking about a second baseman every day uh, and an everyday third baseman for sure. Uh, you got to solidify those those two pieces in the infield. Uh, Andy Abanez has been okay, you know what I mean? But he's not an everyday player. Uh, and they've kind of shuffled whoever they can get to play third base over there this year. It's been Mayton, it's been McKinstry, it's been a numerous different amounts of guys. They need another, they need a third baseman. You got to have a good third baseman. And uh, I think another outfielder, uh, I do like Kirk, uh, the the combination of Kerry Carpenter, Matt Veerling, and Riley Green, obviously. Uh, but I think you can get you can find somebody better to get in there. I, I like Carpenter and Green going forward. I'm probably not as high on Veerling as I was two weeks ago. Uh, it's been a roller coaster this season. But I think that he's a guy that you can have on your big league roster, but $50 million can go a long way to finding three everyday, two or three everyday players, oh, yeah. in my opinion. If that's the way they decide to go. And then uh, maybe even another long reliever for the yeah. bullpen because they've, because that, that setup, I like Foley as a setup guy. I, you know, Lang has his moments. Uh, I've, I've loved Tyler Holton, but they need that long relief guy when they're starting pitching starts getting into trouble that, you know, can kind of keep them at bay for a few innings. Yeah, I mean, Engler was was that long relief guy. Yeah, uh, White was the the other pitcher that Brandon White. Yeah, Brandon White who who came in and and Shreve was really the only one that actually looked halfway decent. Uh, in yesterday. And Shreve's done a decent job this year. Yeah, he he's he's comes in. He's a lefty. Yeah, gets the one or two guys, but yeah, I mean, they need. They need guys, especially with young pitching. And, and AJ's shown that they're not going to overextend some of those young guards, rightfully so. You yeah. don't you don't want to risk any long term injuries. I mean, look at Mize. He they yeah. didn't overextend him, and he still had Tommy John and, and then Scoogle's injuries. So and then you lost you lost Tyler Alexander too. You know, as and he was kind of that long long relief yeah. guy, and that's what Feeling starter. Yeah, that's what got Brennan White called up. So. I mean, you try to. They, they looked okay in the beginning, and then you know, like major leagues, they figure these guys out, and yep. you know, after so long. But you know, Holton's the guy that's you know a, a waiver wire pickup from the Diamondbacks that has an ERA of one point six right now. And I think you know, you and I have talked about it. I think he's he's the guy long term, a, a, a potential closing candidate. He, he's yeah. a fireballer, and and he goes right after hitters. I I don't trust Lang, and, and he. Showed it today. Almost blew that two-run lead, and I, I yeah. get it. It was you know, raining pretty hard at the start of that inning, so I'll give him that. But prior to that, couple couple of games prior to that, he has not looked good at all. Surprisingly, yeah. he got one, two, three in the combined no-hitter game. I was shocked after that. So. Yeah, but I do see Holton as being maybe somebody they look at at least in the conversation as being a closer. I mean, for me, I think a glaring hole, you guys said third base, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. Um, left fielder. Akil Badu doesn't have an arm. I know he no. tries. He just has nothing behind his arm. Um, he's got range as far as 
fielding goes. Plate. He, yeah, he he um, took back a home run Friday night, and and you know he's he's shown flashes there, but he's very inconsistent at the plate. Um, he's either home run, it's feast or famine with him. It seems he's been a hard had a hard time getting on base. It's either home run yeah. or nothing. So. Um, I think you look at him just like you look at Andy Abanez. Andy Abanez has been a great pickup, another great find for the Tigers. But these yeah. are everyday Major League Baseball players. These are guys that you know play two, three times a week and at that. But even even um, Scott Harris said a couple weeks ago, you know they're playing. The majority of these guys on this roster are not everyday Major League Baseball no. players. So what they're asking these these guys to do. It's just not in their DNA to be able to do so. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you revamp the whole infield, uh, third base, second base, I agree with you. So they have to play it smart. They can't go out and spend um, – they can't go out and spend all their uh, money on one position kind of like they did yeah. with Javi ba- Baez. Yeah, I would, and I would say shortstop, but I think we're kind of stuck with Javi, you know, with – yeah, you know, because of the contract issues, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't see him opting out of the money that he's getting here. No, getting that not, money anywhere else. He's you know not getting I mean? it anywhere else. I'll be, so we're going to be stuck with him. They benched him the first game in Kansas City, and, he, and you know, we played a pretty solid series. He made some adjustments, but one thing I noticed uh, over the past weekend in his approach, and even they highlighted today on the uh, the. The, the play-by-play Peacock. coverage, he he doesn't hold his hands together. He's he he spreads his hands apart on the bat, which is very interesting. Um, yeah. I'm I'm curious to know as to why he might do that. Maybe well, the explanation gets... was so he doesn't roll over on the baseball, which I get, but yeah, he's rolling I mean, over on the pitch because he's he's swinging at yeah. everything in the in the left-handers batter's box. But yeah, I mean there needs to be an overhaul and. and Maybe you look at a new hitting coach, possibly somebody that's going to go in there and, and, and you know give a different voice. Uh, I love AJ Hinch. I think he is the right the right manager for this team for a young team. So, and I've said it before. I, I really believe that this this team of core young players that they have, when healthy, reminds me a lot of the Houston Astros before they you know Javi. Javi shows you, he gives you the glimpses of the greatness from time to time. He has an absolute hose at shortstop. Sure. One of his most underrated values that people don't talk about. His arm is elite. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen him make a couple diving plays deep in the hole and throw guys out that you don't see around the big leagues all the time. So if he can just get that, hit 260, right. hit 20 home runs, mm-hmm. 70 RBIs, 80 RBIs, I'm good. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he's going to give you those plays that you're going to be like, wow, you know. And he does that. He does that on yep. a consistent basis. He'll, he'll go up the middle and make a, a ridiculous diving play. And um, he did have an error today in the ninth, which, yeah. again, I chalk it up to the wet wet conditions. The ball was spinning already, and it hit his glove and just slipped right out. So, But, I mean, it's been exciting thus far, and it's always a good time to go down there. And I, I do encourage going down and – experiencing the atmosphere downtown detroit is just so underrated it's a lot of fun yeah. a lot of my out-of-town buddies give me a lot of shit about detroit it's like when's the last time you were here and their answer uh isn't uh the right answer oh it was about 20 years ago so well, if, if you can right. be here two years ago there'd be a big change so but uh 
We're going to move on to rapid fire. We're going to do teams that might be on the precipice of, of a playoff run, or maybe they're looking to cash in for the future. So I'm going to pop some, some teams up on the screen and Tim, I'm going to start with you. Who we saw this week in the San Diego Padres, buyers, sellers, or stay putters? Uh, I would be buyers if I'm them. They have the pitching talent, the hitting talent to put a run together. I know they were 10 games out last I seen from first, but I mean, we just seen what they're capable of scoring two touchdowns on the Tigers. So. But did you catch uh, Juan Soto's second home run Friday night? Almost wow. landed, almost hit the, the Silverado parked up in dead center field on the fountain. Unbelievable. Yep. I mean, the talent that they have, why they're 10 games out is beyond me. But, yeah, so you say buyers. JP, the Cubs. Uh, I think the Cubs have to be buyers. Uh, they need another bat in the middle of the lineup. Uh, Stroman and Steele have both been good on the mound for them. But uh, I think they just need one more guy. They have a pretty good lineup. And uh, like I said last week, I expect them to gain a lot of ground. But if I'm the Cubs, I'm a buyer. JP, I'll stay with you here. The Red Sox. The Red Sox are a fringe team. Um, they're probably a buyer too. Uh, yeah, they need they need some more they need some more pitching. Their pitching's kind of hamstring them a little bit this year. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, buyers. Tim, this is a team that showed lots of uh, flashes in the first half, and they're still kind of in the conversation. Buyers, sellers, or stay putters? If I was the, uh, Miami, I would, I would sell. You're 12 out of first place in the East, and you started off so hot. I think they're coming back down to earth a little bit. I just don't see them rebounding to make the playoffs. Yeah, they've got a lot of pitching that, that could probably get them some really decent uh, major league talent or decent prospects in return. And I'll stick with you here with the Cleveland Indians. I mean, Guardians. Uh, if I was Cleveland, I'd buy. You're in the AL Central, worst division in baseball, maybe in history. You're only three games out. I would buy and try to make a run. All right. My dad would uh, really uh, enjoy that that comment for sure because uh, I'm pulling for the <laughs> Guardians just on behalf his behalf. So, JP, these, these boys always – seem to open their pocketbooks and, and it it never seems to end they're always spending money what are they going to do this uh trade deadline uh i would be a stay putter if i'm so i'll be the first stay putter of the day here uh the dodgers i they have a decent they have a good rotation uh you got freddie freeman you got will smith you got all these guys uh i'm a stay putter if i'm the dodgers i like their roster and I'll stay with you, JP. The Cincinnati Reds. This is America's team. What That's a state putter. That's a state putter. They have uh, all the young talent. You're not getting. You're not giving away Steer. You're not giving away Dela Cruz. You're not trading away McLean. They got all. They got a good young, solid foundation that's going to compete in that division year in and year out. I'm staying put. Yeah, and and I think where they're at is is maybe a little early in their expectations to be yeah. as good as they have been. I mean, they're ahead of schedule. Yeah. They're, they're in the mix there in the central. So, um, yep. but if you watch last week, I do think Milwaukee will eclipse that, that division. They, they have overtook them last 
week. So, um, and then Tim will close it out with the Yankees. Uh, if I was the Yankees, I would stay put. You're nine out and a loaded AL East. You're in fourth place. Uh, I would buy if you can get Otani, but that's it. Other than that, stay put. Yeah. Um, but what's it going to cost? And there's a bonus question real quick. Otani, is he going to be an angel in two weeks or not? He'll be a Yankee. JP, Otani, two weeks. Is he an angel or not? He'll be an angel. And I agree with you. I, I yeah. don't think um, I don't think there's a lot of teams that are going to be willing to pony up the, the return that the Angels are expecting. And then on the flip yeah. side, I don't think there's a lot of teams that are going to be willing to pony up the, the years and the amount of I mean, uh, How many teams can really afford this contract? Of what he's but doing? is it two or three? Uh, but if you're looking at Los Angeles, is it the team or is it the manager? Because I'm looking at Moniac and they got Hunter Renfro and they got Trout, and they got Otani and they got mm -hmm. this guy and that guy. That's, that they they have a big league roster that should be yeah. in contention for the playoffs. There's no reason. There's no reason even with so, Trout out that. To it, me, it I should. think Nevin's gone. They got to find a legitimate manager, and uh, there I don't see a team in the majors that's willing to put up as much as you're going to need to to get Otani midseason. There's no way. And and the other thing, um, a lot of teams are shying away from the the ten year deals. I mean. Yeah. You, Look as far as in your backyard in Detroit as as as, a, as an ex, ex, uh, example of why long term deals just don't work. I mean, you you no. we paid for Miggy for the three to four years after he signed that contract, and the the six years thereafter was all kind of a throwing, and then you see the end result. So, and then they turn around and get Javi Baez for seven years, so they're kind of stuck with that contract. But I, I mean, I just don't see. A lot of teams running running down the gates to, to sign these players for you know uh, exorbitant amount not the money the the, the terms so the years, I can see a yeah. situation where they're like you know what I'll offer you four years at I don't know six three hundred million for four these years baseball or, these baseball deals are getting obnoxiously long for no reason yeah I mean they're they're overspending for the now and then they don't think about the yeah. The, the, the years after and, and we're we're feeling it right now the the, right. the uh the, the time is ticking as far as um Nikki's going so um from baseball to some football we talked about earlier the commies the washington commanders dan snyder no longer the owner uh we were talking pre-show Dan Snyder bought the Washington then Redskins in 1999 for 800 million, and he sells it 24 years later for six billion dollars. So, not a bad investment from Dan Snyder, uh, but I do have to say the NFL gave him one last kick in the ass by yeah. giving him a bill for 60 million for his. I guess character and his his sexual misconduct as an owner. So they they put a fine on him, which uh, he just made sixty six billion dollars. Uh, sixty millions a drop in the bucket. So yeah. um, I was going to ask Rich this question, but he's not here unfortunately. But uh, I'll start with you, JP. New ownership. This is a storied franchise. Even as much as the name is kind of an embarrassment, 
Um, we all agree it should still be the football team, and, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but these these guys were uh, top of the line, top class organization when they had the the the, the fans were out there dressed as pigs. I forget, they had a nickname. I can't remember it all. Oh, the, the Joe Gibbs days. Yeah, you know they had a the the band. Three Super Bowls. The, yeah, th- this is a storied franchise. Yeah. And when Dan Snyder took it over, he kind of smeared the name, and it, and it yeah. just kept getting worse and worse and worse. New ownership, obviously, part of it is Magic Johnson, which is which is really cool. You know, local situation. Um, what does this mean for the future of the Washington? I think it means a lot. Uh, I think they're already like, you know, we've talked about they're already looking for a name change, uh, maybe a new stadium. Uh, I think Phil Harris is a young, innovative mind. Uh, They're combined. They're partnered up with 21 other people. uh, Magic Johnson being one of the minority owners of the commanders. Now I almost said Redskins. Sorry. But uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of exciting things. Uh, Harris, who grew up a Redskins fan. Uh, very enthusiastic about the team, uh, paid for bar tabs in Washington, surrounding areas, his first day on the job for everybody. Uh, he talks about what it means to him and what it, you know, what the team's meant to him growing up in the D.C. area. And I think he's going to bring a lot of passion. I, I don't think these guys are going to be scared to spend. He's already an owner. Uh, he's a majority owner of the 76ers, majority owner of the New Jersey Devils. So he knows knows what it's like to run a big-time organization. He's not green. He's not new to this. Uh, I think they need to start by uh, spending some money on a quarterback, and I think he'll get right down to that because I don't think Sam Howell is going to be that guy. But I do think I am excited for Washington, and I do think that they'll be an up-and-coming thing. You got Eric Bieniemy there. You got Phil Harris who bought the organization. and Things are looking on the up-and-up for the, the boys in D.C. there. Tim, as JP just mentioned, Eric Bieniemy. Previously, years as the OC in Kansas City, kind of a surprise when he decided to leave Kansas City to go to Washington for the same position. Riverboat Ron has been there for many years. He fought and won a battle with cancer, which you know you're you're definitely familiar with that. Um, do you think there was an agreement maybe put in place? And I guess I'll add a second part to this question. Was there a thought that Eric Bieniemy will maybe be the head coach? Maybe this will be Rivera's last year. And then if that is the case with this new ownership, do you think they stick with some of the, the coaching decisions that they made with the previous ownership? I believe there was some kind of agreement in place where Bieniemy will be the new head coach with the previous owner. Uh, does it stay intact? We'll see how he does as an OC column plays. I think he wants to get him a home shadow a little bit to prove he's a good yeah. coach and it's not Mahomes carrying him. It's, or or, or Reed. That's yeah, a 50 50 yeah. kind of thing. Get him. He wants mm-hmm. to prove he's a good coach. Right. Right. I mean, <laughs> it didn't seem like the the Chiefs put up a fight, we'll say, to, to have him stay in Kansas City, which makes you wonder how much of an impact he actually was with that team. Um, the documentary there, quarterbacks, didn't really show a whole lot about Eric Bieniemy, and I wonder if that was calculated. Um, so, but as I kind of hinted to um, in the intro to this set, maybe a name change. And according to Fan Nation, the um, Commander Country, which is the Commander fan 
news site at, we'll say, part of Sports Illustrated. Magic Johnson, one of the new owners in Josh Harris's group that purchased the team from Dan Snyder for $6.05 billion, confirmed that a potential name change could be on the table after the upcoming season. What do you think? I mean, we sat here pre-show and said it should still be the the football team. And and anybody I know that's a fan of football kind of said the same thing. This is a really weird name that they picked. I'm not sure if they went with the fan vote or whatnot. But um, do you see a situation, JP, where they come in and they just revamp the revamp name from Washington? Yeah, I, uh, I was never a big fan of the commander's name in the first place. I kind of thought they should have stayed still with the football team. Uh, I think they can come up with something better than this. Uh, I can think of many other things, some inappropriate that commanders is tied to, and it's not a football team. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, but, uh, no, yeah, it's it's all new innovation, new everything. Uh all the way down to the W, maybe they change the colors. Who knows? You know what I mean? Yeah. Something new. I mean, there's no traditions in the NFL. If, if you want to revamp it, just do away with the logo, do away with all of it, and do something new. The, the logo is very, very generic, just just yeah. looking at it. It it, it, it just looks, um, hey, we're checking in. We must be, we're, hey, we're, we're checking in on our own show. <laughs> One could only think that that's our good buddy, uh, Rich Chiaspa. Uh, yeah checking in from the baseball it looks trial. like the w it almost reminds me of the wm from w wayne memorial the high school i went to <laughs> oh. and it's pretty tacky uh i think we can do better and i think that they're going to start tackling those kind of issues immediately oh for sure uh real quick tim do you see them changing it and would you like to see a change yes for both uh Commanders is just a stale name. I think it, everyone already knew Snyder was going out at the time of the name change, so I don't know why it got pushed through right. other than money and more merchandise to be sold because of the name. Could be. Yeah. But Good yeah, point. I think they need a new name, and I think it'll happen within the next year or two, definitely. I think with a new name becomes a new birth, a new beginning, uh, new yeah. ownership, kind of getting away from the, the stain that, that uh, Dan Snyder left on the organization. And another thing that could help that is a new stadium. Um, I think it's fair to say FedEx Field is the Oakland Alameda County uh, Stadium in the NFL where the A's play. That's a dumpster fire. FedEx Field, I think it houses 87,000. And as you can see some of these pictures, we've got uh, water rushing from the upper deck onto the lower deck. you got gates. Uh, falling on them, so fans falling into the tunnels. I mean, it's just an absolute um, debacle stadium. JP, with this new um, ownership, maybe a new beginning, a new respect for the, the Washington brand in that area, do you think this will now lead to the development of a new stadium Maybe not even in the, the D.C. area, maybe in Virginia, maybe somewhere in Maryland. Yeah, I think you got to. Uh, as you said, they're, that field's way overdue. They're they're overdue for a revamp. Uh, you know, the guys, the gate thing was out in, insane. They almost fell on Jalen Hurts. Which, yeah. you know, they were all know, Eagles the, fans, too. <laughs> the Eagles, yeah. Yeah, so it's time. Uh, 
you know, and I think they will. Uh, nobody wants a shower or golden shower while they're in the lower pole, you know. <laughs> Can you imagine? Ooh, yeah. Nasty. And you know, in the in this day and age, like eighty-seven thousand fans—that's that's almost too much. And if yeah. you look at the way they've played the past couple of years, all you see a lot more empty seats and. And the NFL does not want that. That is not a good look. So I, well, I see. you know, we know these processes take a long time. You got to find sure. the land, and then you got it's got to be passed through many people, and it's it's a very expensive project, especially the way these new stadiums are being built now. Yeah, but I think I think with this new ownership, and maybe one of the reasons why they had so many people involved was to kind of get into the good graces with some local dignitaries. We'll say. Um, that might be able to sweeten the deal a little bit. I think Magic Johnson coming into play, it, it's good for business. Uh, he's yeah. a well-known name. Um, so I think that's going to go long as far as, you know, getting getting new stadium, getting new developments involved. So it's going to be good to see. Um, as it, The NFL is better when Washington's better. You know, just, just like, you know, the Giants, and I hate to say it, the Cowboys. But, you know, when these, these, these traditional – teams are successful the league is successful so yeah um but we'll see moving forward here uh we're nobody, gonna go in except the cowboys nobody we don't nobody wants to see the cowboys win i agree i but you know eh, yeah, you're right i i take that back i take that yeah back. we don't like the cowboys, <laughs> fuck the cowboys. Well, yeah fuck the cowboys it's fantasy preview time last week we did wide receivers and uh quarterbacks and this week, I get to do my tight ends, as I thought we were doing last week. Yeah. My eyes were deceiving me. Um, so we're going to do running backs and tight ends. And uh, we're, we're going to do our top picks and then some sleeper picks. And I'm going to put the top running backs. And this is according to ESPN Fantasy Football. Your number one pick, Christian McCaffrey. Um, and one thing I have found the last couple of years of drafting Whenever they pick the number one, whoever is the number one rated running back per just about every other publication, it never seems to work out that way. They usually end up getting yeah. hurt fairly early. So I tend to avoid uh, their top pick. So, Tim, I'm going to go with you. Who you got for top picks for running back? I uh, Bichon's surprising at number three, but I kind of like it. Atlanta's going to lean on him hard. I think Atlanta's going to win the NFC South, so I, Bichon's going to have probably. A wow, that's a bold project, projection there, bud. Yeah, they're going to have it. He's going to have a top three year. I mean, Travis Etienne at eleven doesn't make no sense. Jacksonville should be a really good team this year. The leans on the run game. Just injury problems with, and, when uh, it comes to him. Jameer Gibbs at 17. I think he's just going to be an absolute stud. He's built for the Lions offense. Lions are a run-heavy team, short-passing team. He's just going to gel. He'll be a top 10 back for sure by the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Bijan's number three and Gibbs is 17. So, I mean, they're two completely different backs. I get that. But they're dynamic in, in their own way. Bijan's more of a power back. Jameer's a... Uh, Kamara type back. He's going to come out of the backfield. So, uh, JP, who you got for top running backs? Yeah, put that list back up there for me real quick so I can tear this shit apart. Look at So they got Nick Chubb at number nine, who's better than Derrick Henry, Josh Jacob. Oh, no. He's better than Derrick Henry. He's better than Jonathan Taylor. He's better than Saquon Barkley. He's better than B. John Robinson. 
That's a lot of disrespect, a lot of shade that ESPN's throwing yeah. at Nick Chubb, first yep. of all. Every year. Uh, yep. And then uh, my guy, I, I kind of, I, everything else is kind of stand pat. The B. John thing's kind of surprising. The guy hasn't played a down in the NFL yet, and he's already being touted as the third running back. Which and is he really didn't have just, a big year last year in te- at Texas. Which is a disrespect considering the year that Josh Jacobs came off last year. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't decide to hold out and play this year. Uh, Ramadre Stevenson, who I had last year in fantasy, a hell of a receiving back out of the backfield. Uh, another guy that Kenneth Walker at 16 has potential to jump. Uh, he had 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns last year and didn't really come on until about quarter way into the season. Yeah, I think if he can improve his receiving out of the backfield, he's going to be a guy that's going to be in that top five uh, talk towards the end of the year. He's a guy I really like. He's a sleeper. Uh, so look for him in your drafts this year. I think receivers are going to be prioritized more than running backs. I think running backs have always been the the first thing off the board. I think that's going to getting ready to change, even in fantasy. The NFL is changing in that regard. Yeah. So you've got a sleeper of uh, Kenneth Walker. Do you have any other sleepers you want to mention? Uh, I like Alexander Madison, too, from Minnesota. Uh, he's a guy that, in spot action, you know, Delvin Cook had, you know, numerous health issues over the years. And in spot action, Madison always delivers in fantasy. Anybody that's a fantasy football veteran knows about Alexander Madison. Uh, and I think now that he's getting all the snaps, I right. think you're going to be getting top 10 production from Madison. Yeah, that's a that's a fair uh, estimation. You know, obviously with Justin Jefferson on the team, he's always going to get the, the priority as far as the ball concerned. But that also opens up the, the door to other guys getting more um, reps, we'll say, and more yardage production. Tim, you got any sleepers that you want to talk about? Uh, I kind of gave it away already. Jameer gives it 17. Yeah. Like I said, he's going to be Alvin Kamara to like top 10 back. Depends on the league, too. If it's PPR, he's going to have a lot of catches. So yeah. Jameer Gibbs will be a top 10 back for sure. Yeah, I'm excited for him. Um, all indications are, first off, he signed a contract. So he's yeah. he's in camp. There's no holdout. That's that's always the, the first and foremost, the most important thing. And, and athletically, he's gifted. And and for them to go and grab him at 12, and, and more teams were going to, he wasn't going to be there at 15. Bottom line, he was going to yeah. be gone. So um, I'm really excited to see where he's going to end up at. Um, but for me, the, my top picks, Last year it was Jonathan Taylor was the number one guy. Everybody was clamoring for him, and he did. He he just didn't amount to much. A he got hurt early on, and that was a problem. I think this is Jonathan Taylor redemption year. I really see him coming out and having a really solid year. This is what year three in his NFL career. So yep. uh, this is the year that he's he he's going to make his move. You know his contract situation to be coming up here in a year or two. So I think this is really where you start to see Jonathan Taylor shine. He's kind of the face of that football team right now and 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 he he's he's a good back he's jp you and i watched him play at uh yeah. oh, madison yeah. uh, we find I've out seen first him in and, person <laughs> first yeah. and foremost live yeah. and uh boy oh boy that was ugly we're not going to talk about that and and you hit on it too jp nick chubb is probably the most underrated football player in the nfl not to mention yeah. running back he's the most underrated football player did you see him lifting weights Oh, six hundred. We got about eight hundred pounds on the bar. The bar looked like an upside down U, and he's just yeah. putting this thing. He is an absolute beast. Yes, he um, is. 
and I don't see any situation where he doesn't get the majority of the reps in Cleveland. And he's a really good first half season fantasy player. He kind of tapers off toward the end of the year because he takes such a pounding. Yeah. And, and, you know, you look at Cleveland's situation in the previous couple of years, it's been Nick Chubb and nobody else. So he's been the kind of the factor in that team. You shut him down, you shut the Browns down. I think that's going to be a little bit different with, oh, rub and tug, uh, looking yeah. good in camp and, and you know. Mari Cooper. Right. I mean, and they're going to have a little bit more of a dynamic offense. Yep. We'll yeah. see. Um, so Nick Chubb definitely is, is, is a player that has never gotten enough respect. I think I took him in the, the sixth round last year in our in our draft, and and I got a couple chuckles, but I'm yeah. like, hey, <laughs> he just performs, and 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 he did. He he helped me out big time. One more side note on that list, so so you look at that list, and I think we can officially announce the death of Alvin Kamara because he is nowhere near anywhere in that list. Well, as I mean, he. Is he going to play this year? It doesn't yeah. even have some. Uh, I think the off-field issues and the court case has kind of got to him. Mm-hmm. But it's it's so, for so long, you know, fantasy owners we've been used to seeing Kamara in that top ten, and oh. he's officially I mean, gone. What he did two years ago was, I mean, was ridiculous. But this is yeah. the this is the Derek Carr redemption year in in with New Orleans, and they're gonna they're gonna take home the South. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the NFC South is like the AL Central. It's seven and nine might win that division. <laughs> Tim's, <laughs> I think Tim, Tim's awfully high on Desmond Ritter over there. Oh, he certainly is. He <laughs> certainly is. But um, I'll give my sleeper running backs here real quick. Here's a guy, rookie last year. He was well on his way to potentially being the offensive rookie of the year with the Jets, Brees Hall. Um, dynamic running back. He was kind of coasting, we'll say, and then he hurts his knee and uh, the rest is history. So I look for him with an Aaron Rodgers offense with the the offense that they potentially have. We'll see if they can put it together, but on paper, they look pretty good. So I think Brees Hall is going to be a big factor there. And here's a guy we're familiar with, and he's going on a team who has a top two quarterback in the NFL, DeAndre Swift. I look for him um, with their back. They had uh, Samuels. Sanders. Sanders is gone. He's with the yeah. uh, Panthers now. So I think he's going to get a lot of action. And clearly when you have a quarterback that's very mobile like Jalen Hurts, that poses a lot of opportunities for running backs out of the uh, backfield. Swift is good at that. He showed that was one of the big, big things he he did well here in Detroit. So, um, not did a lot. You see the, did you see the latest CBS reports yesterday that the Eagles may be interested in Josh Jacobs as well? Can you imagine that backfield? It's going to cost yeah. a lot of money. <laughs> it's going to cost yeah. him a lot. I mean, he's with the um, they have the draft capital to do it though. Yeah, I mean, right now I think they. They were going to franchise him. He's going to make like just under eleven million. So it's going to cost yeah. a lot, and and that would be a. You want to get back to the Super Bowl? That's that's a good way to to make yep. that happen. So we're going to move on to tight ends. Um, this is a tight end game. I think Gronkowski. Well, I'll go back to him. He kind of changed the position, and and Kelsey's just kept it going on. And now we're just seeing so many athletic 
big, athletic. They can route, run routes. They're fast. They don't necessarily block well, but, man, they can put up points. So it's definitely a tight end game. One reason why I think running backs aren't as valued as, as much. So, JP, give me your top fantasy tight ends. Yeah. Obviously, Travis Kelsey's the OG here. Uh, Mark Andrews, I think, is going to have a big bounce back year. They've kind of insulated some talent around him with Odell Beckham. I think uh, Rashad Bateman should take a step. A little surprised to see uh, Hawkinson ahead of Kittle. Um, But, you know, Hawkinson is a premium target. Darren Waller's kind of been underwhelming the last couple of years. I'm not ready to trust him. Uh, Dallas Goddard, another guy that's kind of a little unheralded, but a really, really good tight end. Injuries. Uh, Kyle Pitts, man, he's the guy's a freak, but it just it just can't seem to put it all together. I understand that they've had quarterback problems in Atlanta. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, I mean, the, all these guys. My sleeper, uh, Everett Ingram, seventy-three catches last year, seven hundred yards, four touchdowns. Uh, I look for him to be more of a red zone target. I think uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to take a big, big leap this year. And then you're going to have Calvin Ridley and ETN around him. I think he's going to do some damage. Another sleeper of mine, uh, Cole Komet. Now, if uh, Yahoo and Yahoo, Tim, your boy in Chicago, can take that leap, like everybody's saying, I think Cole Komet is a guy, a a long line of Notre Dame tight ends. He's a big guy. He's a fast guy. He showed you some flashes last year. I think he's a guy that could be a sleeper. Yeah, he's uh athletic commit. You know, he showed signs last year, but um when you have Justin Fields running for his life, he's got no offensive line. Um yeah. Tim, who you got for a uh, top fantasy? I and I uh George Kittle at five is disrespectful. He's easily number two. Now, do you think maybe that's just because of his health situation? He he can't seem to put together a full season or maybe a little Could bit, be. but he should be above Waller and Hawkinson, no doubt. Uh, Kyle Pitts at seven. He's going to be a top five tight end for sure. He's just a freak athlete following the theme there with Atlanta. He's going to be Desmond Ritter's outlet. Mm -hmm. Uh, The tight end at 17, I'm not going to butcher his name, from Tennessee. Uh, (laughs) He's going to have a good year. Chigazim Okonkwo? He was having a breakout year at the end of last year. I think he's going to continue that pace. (laughs) Say that 10 times. (laughs) uh, He's not on the list, but at number 30, uh, Laporta from the Lions. Lions Lions love the short game. So he's going to have probably, you know, being ranked 30, if he's top 15, that's a breakout year. Well, I mean, Hmm. you look at Laporta, that is definitely a position where Detroit had to. uh, Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, 30, that seems really low for him. I I don't know. Maybe because he's a rookie, we'll see. Um, Who you got as a potential sleeper? 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 Probably, like JP said, Cole Komet from Chicago. You know, Justin Fields should be having a breakout here. He's expected to take that leap. And he has uh, Mooney and uh, the receiver from uh, Pittsburgh. I can't think of his name right now. Oh, Claypool. Claypool, yeah. Claypool and uh, Mooney on the outside should free up the middle for Komet pretty much. The Canadian. Claypool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For me, my top tight ends, excuse me for my – my, my lips there. Um, I agree. I think this is Kyle Pitts's year to either make or break. This is year three in his career. Um, he ain't got no quarterback. Was, yeah, that's true. 
I mean, he hasn't. Um, everyone was talking about, hey, he's the next uh, Kelvin Johnson. He's kind of built like Kelvin Johnson. Uh, very underwhelming. Very underwhelming. Yeah. And, and I was a big proponent of him coming into Detroit when they were drafting a couple years ago. I'm like, yeah, I know they're consistent of taking tight ends and we're all sick of it, but this might be a guy worth taking. Glad they didn't. Dude, yeah, they didn't. I think Atlanta Atlanta is going to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, and that's probably the best thing that can happen for them. Because yeah. Desmond Desmond Ritter is not an NFL starting quarterback, dude. Well, we're going to say the same a, thing about Tom Brady in two thousand one, dude. That's an outlier. That's a once in a lifetime <laughs> type player. Desmond Ritter was taken in the fourth round. Dude, there, there. Who is he throw? Who the hell is he throwing the ball to? Kyle There's Pitts. nobody around Pitts. That's yeah. it. And then they're putting all this merit into a rookie running back. They are going to be trash. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tough season. I I agree. Um, but fortunately, he plays in the worst division, so we'll see. So this will be this will be the make or break year for Pitts. Um, and I disagree with you as far as Waller goes. I think him leaving Vegas is a good thing. I think him going to New York, a a, a, a new place. You look at Danny Dimes especially if Barkley's not there, they're really going to rely on him. And and I see him being kind of the, you know what their receivers did last year, not a whole lot. And I think it's right. one of the biggest reasons why they didn't go very far in the playoffs. Although, you know, he looked really well in the first game, which got him a major contract. But I think Waller's going to be the guy that he leans on, just like you said about Ingram, that Ingram's going to be kind of the X factor down there in Jacksonville. Goldilocks is really going to be looking to him to, um, when he's in trouble, if he's being rushed out of the pocket, you know, you have a, a, a damn good tight end there that could be capable of making the plays. And and and, and I think um, he's they're the same quarterbacks, not not one in the same. They're very similar, where they're both very athletic, and um, I think Trevor Lawrence has a better arm. But Waller's definitely somebody to look into. So I've, my, oh, I've had hold on, hold on before you move on. I've had Waller each of the last two seasons in my fantasy leagues, and he has been totally underwhelming. Yeah, he had a well, great year in 2020, but yeah. he has been underwhelmed. Ever since he signed that extension, he's he's kind of he's had a lot of injury problems too. Yeah, um, but new place might might help him out, you know, in a new system and maybe maybe a better quarterback. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, but here's some sleepers. I think Dalton Schultz. Leaving the Cowboys is a really good situation. You're you're under the microscope in Dallas. You drop a pass, but I mean you are enemy number one. He's going to Houston, and he's going to Stroud's outlet. C.J. Stroud is going to use him um, as a security blanket. He's very athletic. He's a great route runner, and he showed flashes the past two years in Dallas. And frankly, I am surprised Dallas let him go. Um, and even down the street to Houston, which was actually kind of surprising to me. And then um, here's another guy that's been, you know, he's he's kind of been in the conversation. Um, he he has some good games. He has some bad games. But I think this a lot depends on the quarterback situation. I think David Njoku is, is somebody who you're going to look at to help Deshaun Watson, a.k.a. Rub and Tug, to really lean on, and I and and God knows we don't need anyone leaning on Deshaun Watson, but uh, <laughs> uh, here's 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 a guy that's got hands. He can go up and get the ball. 
Will Njoku um, ever live up to his first round billing, you know? And here we go. I think the common theme with a lot of my picks today have been it's yeah. put up or shut up. It, this is, you know, defining moment in their careers. And that's usually when players do their best contract year. Um, they're on the verge of, well, will they get yeah. resigned or not? This is when they, they kind of shine. So I kind of went with that approach with my picks. So we'll see. Um, I was waiting for one of us to say Luke Schoonmaker. You know, he is going to be the Cowboys starting tight end. Right. I, I mean, I think another year in college would have would have done him well, but he was he actually was graded really really well coming out. I mean, they were they were excited to get him. They were high on him, and, and they were excited enough about him not to re-sign Dalton Schultz. So yeah, it says know. a lot. But then again, that puts a that puts the bright light on him. That puts a lot of pressure on a rookie going into probably the biggest hotbed fan base in all of NFL. So, but yeah, I mean, there were some. There's quite a few Michigan Wolverines taken uh, this year, which was exciting. Which leads us into our next segment, folks. College football. Oh, it's coming up. It's coming up. Can't wait. Can't wait. So, we're gonna go over under. For player stats, for the good guys and for the bad guys. And uh, we all know who the bad guys are. Just kidding. Love you, Dad. <laughs> uh, so we'll start with you, Tim. We're going to put up this graphic here. Um, and you compiled this list of player stats over under. I think these are your speculations yeah my speculations and then what they did last year or in mccord's situation what he has done in his career thus far so go ahead and, and give the rundown and what you think Tim. uh kyle mccord i'm gonna take the over on both ohio state's pretty notorious for plug and play quarterbacks under ryan day and they have a historic receiving core potentially so i think he's gonna have no problem with those uh receivers Running backs, I try to throw out, you know, realistic numbers, but I think both those guys are going to go under. I don't think either one of them are going to be running back one by the end of the season. I think it's going to go to Dallas Hayden, which was he was doing really good when they were uh, injured last year. Marvin Harrison Jr., Tom used the term earlier, next Calvin. There he is. Give me the over. Habeka, I'll take the over. Well, I think I'm going to take the under. I think he's going to step back a little bit. Uh, Hall Jr., probably a projected top 15 pick. If he wants to live up to that billing, he better have over 6x. I think Jack Sauer is going to be a under, probably a little bit of a bust. And then JT, I'm not going for his last name because I'm not butchering it, probably over 6x. He had a coming out game against Penn State. And this music's really making me happy. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's my over and unders for Ohio State. They uh, have Ohio State projected at 10.5 wins. I'm over definitely that. I don't see where the second loss would come from. And if it does come, you have to fire Ryan Day. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, well, we all think that if he doesn't get fired, the, the fan base is going to going to go after him. Uh, the guy the guy will only be like 57 and 6 at that time, you know. It's different down there. You got to beat Michigan at least once every two or well, three years. You, you figure <laughs> that, you know, when you're born on third base, but uh hey, we won't go. I mean, there. Harbaugh's not far off with that plane right now. <laughs> hey, not I'm not a fan of Harbaugh. Anyone that's ever watched this show knows I'm not a fan of Harbaugh at all. So, um 
All right. Well, thank you for those uh, predictions there, Tim. Uh, JP, you are up, my friend. Yeah, J.J. McCarthy, uh, I think he's going to go over 32. I think he's going to take a big, big-time step up this year. Uh, over 25 touchdowns. Uh, I think that they're going to get more people involved. As Harbaugh mentioned what the young kids say, everybody eats this year. Uh, Corum, I'm going to go under 1,400 yards. I think it's going to be more of a one-two punch with him and Edwards, uh, which leads me to the next one, Donovan Edwards. I think he's going to go over 1,000. I think they'll both be right around that mark. Uh, I don't think that they're going to try to kill either one of these guys. I think they're going to try to hold on to him for the longevity of the season. Colston Loveland over 500 yards. Uh, he really came on in that OSU game and then a Big Ten title. I think he's a guy that's going to explode this year. I think he's a top five tight end in the country. Uh, Roman Wilson, a guy that has been underutilized, uh, really came out in that game against TCU. I'm expecting for him to do big things. I think he's going to go over 500 yards. With that being said, I think Cornelius Johnson's targets and production will be kind of a little overshadowed by Roman Wilson. I'm going to go under 650. I think he'll be around where he was last year. Uh, my big breakout guy for Michigan this year, Braden McGregor, uh, over five, seven and a half sacks. Uh, he, this is a guy that was a, f- a five-star kid coming out. Uh, he's from Michigan, Port Huron area. He blew his nice knee area. out. His seat. Blew his knee out his senior year of high school. Uh, He's just now starting to round back into form. If you look at him in a set of shoulder pads and a helmet, he's almost a twin of Aiden Hutchinson. I think he's going to have a big, big breakdown. Hold on. Uh, Hold on, JP. There we go. All right, so on, on to the next one. Uh, Jalen Harrell, uh, six and a half. I think he's going to go under. I think Josiah Stewart, the transfer from Coastal Carolina, is going to take a lot of snaps from him. Uh, Josiah Stewart was a guy that had 12 and a half sacks at East Car- uh, Coastal Carolina. I'm sorry. And then Derek Moore, a sophomore from Maryland, who got a lot of playing time last year. I think he's going to get a lot of playing time on the edge, too. Uh, Chris Jenkins, a guy, preseason All Big Ten, preseason All American potential. Uh, he's actually beefed up 25 more pounds. The guy's jacked. He only had two sacks last year. Uh, I think he'll go over four and a half, not by much, but he will. He's a three-technique guy in the middle. Uh, he's quick. He's strong. I think he's going to have a big breakout year. He's a projected first-round pick. And, ladies and gentlemen, that is what makes this show so much better than everybody else out there. The depth, the detail, the knowledge – that JP brings and uh, that Tim brings with his Buckeyes. But <laughs> we are definitely thankful for that. But uh, man, you guys broke that down really good. Um, one thing I will <laughs> I will say, but it wouldn't shock me if it happened. 35 touchdowns with McCord, that's that's lofty goals. That's lofty uh, goals. I just think he'll be a top five pick in next year's draft. Um, I would almost it's friendly wager. You guys want to put twenty bucks in the top five pick next year? Well, we we could yeah. we could sit that down. We're we're not talking about money. We're talking about you know twenty dollars in like food credits or whatever. Yeah. You know we don't bet for money around here. Yeah. Right. But um, I mean, it's a lot of pressure. 
this is a lot of pressure from a guy that I, I don't even has he been named the starter yet? Yeah, he's a starter. Okay, but you know there was a lot of question marks, but um, but this is the year that is JJ going to make? You know, there's a lot of people that are talking that he's he can't win the big game, and I disagree yeah. with that. I think he showed a lot of progression in in his as the season went on. And um, how he played against Ohio State was phenomenal. Went into a buzzsaw situation in, in Columbus. And, um, yeah, yeah, that 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 is infamous. Um, I think, but, uh, yeah, when you build up those cal- – when you play in those big big games, oh, you build that callus, you know what I mean? And having that big game experience will yeah. help him mightily. I mean, you got to remember before th- – this is his first year as a, a starter last year, you know, which – you know, like McCord, what he's going to go into this year. And, you and, know, go ahead. Go ahead. No, and, and two, he was the first-year starter, and, and there was a lot of naysayers in yeah. his locker room. So there was a lot of pressure put on uh, the guy that hangs just over your left shoulder. So, and I, I think he met the situation. He met it. You know, he met the mountaintop. And one thing I really am impressed with him is his, his football IQ. Uh, nothing is is too much for him. He he goes out there, he does his um, meditation at the goalpost, and he kind of yeah. takes it all in. and And he's kind of a rare bird. You don't see too many players like him out there today. And I'm not saying that because he, you know I'm a Michigan fan. I just look at him in general compared to a lot of uh, these other kids. Um, I'm sure his NIL deal is very lofty. But he's yeah. playing for the love of the University of Michigan, and I don't think you see a lot of college players doing that these days. But um, Tim, we're uh, we're going to learn a lot about Kyle McCord week three at Notre Dame, so we'll learn a lot about him early on. Yeah. Week eight, he's at Wisconsin, yeah. and then you know all that Michigan, so he better be title tested enough by week twelve to figure it out. Or, sure. Uh, and and for JJ, up. for JJ, you know, for him to take the next step. He's got to connect on more of those deep balls this mm-hmm. year. I think he had a problem last year uh, overthrowing guys. We know he's got plenty of arm, but sometimes he needs to know when to, you know, he needs to figure out when to put the touch on the ball. And I think that, yeah. you know, new quarterback coach Kirk Campbell, who's a guy that the program's really high on, should uh, help help out, you know, passing game coordinator as well, should help out in that aspect. He's a guy that everybody raves about. Uh, sounds like he has the top recruit in the country from Belleville dead to rights. You know what I mean? So this is, he's a, he's a really good quarterback coach, really good young football mind. And we'll see uh, if that pays dividends for JJ, but he's got to connect on the deep balls this year. Yeah. It seemed like he, he had a cannon and it wasn't for a good thing. When he, when he he put the ball just, just over the, the defensive backs reach, he, he would shoot a line drive at it, but, like I said before, as the season went on, his touch seemed to get a little bit better. Yeah. And with the proper coaching, I think it definitely could help him out. So, man, I cannot wait. This show is going to be so much better once football season starts. <laughs> Just, I mean, between college, we're there, we're there. Between yeah. college and pros, oh, I can't wait. It's just going to be. Dude, so- did you guys? Did you guys see Dan Campbell doing his down ups yesterday? Oh yeah, oh yeah. How come football, our coach, football is back with us? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was bummed to see the Jets got uh, hard knocks. I would have liked to see the Lions in it again. That yeah. would have been a lot of fun, but that's just selfish me. So, Yes, Sauce Gardner bought Aaron Rodgers a new number eight chain and presented it to him. I saw that. 
They have a they have an odd relationship there between Sauce and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they um when they played, did he Sauce Gardner went up to him and, and I don't know if he got Rodgers jersey or they they kind of made a friendship right you know yeah. after that game and they started talking and of course when he found out that Rodgers was going to New York he was he was his biggest cheerleader. Excited. Oh yeah. Yeah. So there's another aspect that's going to be fun to watch. But man, college football season. We're when's the first week? Uh, uh, August 26th, week zero. Yeah. Notre oh, Dame no. and uh, Notre, Notre Dame, Dame and Navy in Ireland. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 So, man, I'm excited. So, fellas, are you ready? Are you ready? Get those betting slips ready. It's time for Ain't My Money, Not My Problem. Where we make the picks, you make the money. Oh, yeah. You know what time it is. We give you the bets. You open up those apps. Throw a little money down. Who knows? If you win, throw us a little bone. JP, it ain't your money. That's not my problem. What you got? All right, I'm going to the diamond tomorrow. Uh, Rangers versus uh, Astros money line. Uh, Astros still trying to healthy, trying to get healthy, trying to get right. Rangers coming off of a series with the Dodgers this weekend where they look pretty good. I think they're going to keep rolling in that game. And then uh, Reds money line versus Brewers. Uh, so the Brewers swept the Reds in a three-game series after the All-Star break. That was I, in, in Milwaukee, correct? Yeah, it's yeah. In, in Milwaukee. We're going back to Milwaukee. Okay. And uh, I don't see them taking four games straight from the Reds. So gotcha. uh, you combine those two picks, the Rangers and Reds money line at plus 297. All right. Tim, it's not your money. It's not my problem. What you got? I have two of them. I have a UFC 291 next week. I have a four-leg parlay. I have Derek Lewis, Kevin Holland, Alex Pereira, and Dustin Poirier all winning. At plus eleven sixty four, and then uh, my futures is Ohio State over under wins ten and a half. Hopefully, my better hat's not listening, but bet the mortgage on the over. <laughs> so something it. tells me she's listening. Sell, and what... <laughs> sell a four hundred one for that, but that's I think that's a ridiculous busted. Take, take take the one loss, you know, if you guys want it with Michigan, take it. But I, I don't see them losing too. No way. Yeah. Well. <laughs> That might be a safe play. We'll see. And I, maybe we'll hear from the better half. I'm sure she'll let you know that that's not going to happen. I'm locked out of the house. So, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to come back over. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> All right. So it's not my money, so it's not my problem either. So I'm going with a three-legger, although DraftKings would not let me put this into a parlay. So USC over 10 wins. The over-under is 10. I'm taking the over plus 100. I'm going with the Huskies of Washington. The over/under is nine and a half wins. I think this is the sleeper team of the year in the wow. I'm taking the over at plus one twenty-five. Um, and this one, this one was shocking to me. Big Michael Penix fan, huh? Oh, I well, he's like a fifteenth-year senior um, coming off. I think he's got two replacement hips and knees. I'm uh, just kidding, but yeah, um, he's got a he rocket arm. That. He showed signs last year, man. He looked really good, and, and I think he, he only gets better. So, again, that one was nine and a half, the over-under. I'm taking the over at plus 125. And uh, like I was saying, this is the shocker one, the Colorado Buffaloes. Over-under wins. You ready for this? Three and a half. 
Give me the over at plus 120. Three and a half. I mean, if that is what Vegas thinks about uh, Coach Prime in his first year at Colorado after all the hooting and hollering going on, all the the transfer portaling going on, man, um, that's disrespect. I don't know. They, They must not believe in him. Ah, that's that's a toughie though, man. Because <laughs> they're gonna they have a complete. They just did a complete roster overhaul, and I think it's gonna take Prime a little bit of time to get some guys in there and a little bit of sustainability. You know what I mean? I mean, his son is his quarterback, and I right. I do like Shador, but I don't know, man. I I think they're gonna get rolled over. And plus, you know, with his gaudy and as loud as he's been, I think they have a big time target on their back. Yeah, you know, and it's, teams are going to bring it for Colorado every week. You're you're right on that aspect because they were the talk of the town, and when he signed with Colorado, I mean, there was a big buzz around there. So yeah, um, but it is shocking that's three and a half. So I'm going for the over. Today's the over okay. party, and in in one thread there, it was all Pac-12 teams. That's interesting. Hey, it's and, and I my took, money. I took USC last time, so um, my money. It'll be definitely interesting to see how that plays out. So, fellas, this was a great show tonight. Um, again, we're missing Rich. Hopefully, he'll be back with us uh, next show. If we do one next week, um, maybe it'll be Saturday, but we'll see some going out of town. Um, but uh, with that being said, um, JP, got any closing words? Closing thoughts? Yeah, I just wanted to touch on the NFL veterans returning to training camp yesterday uh, and how that warms the cockles in my heart to see football back. Uh, it's back. Uh, our show is going to change big time. Like they said, uh, the new house divided segment coming soon, Michigan, Ohio state. <laughs> it's going to be a big, and we're going to lead up all the way into the final game of the season. It's going to be epic. Uh, we'll talk about it every week. We're going to hit it on it every week. Once the season starts, we're going to track both of these teams closely uh, and I'm just looking forward to it all, man. Back in our element, you know what I mean. And it's our time. Uh, these last couple shows have been good. We've been having a lot of fun with it. Things seem to be clicking now, and uh, we finally found a decent fourth partner, Tim. You know, thanks for showing up. I know you got to wake up at early, you know, with the roosters to go to work and whatnot. And you still you find a way to make it on here, but uh, people need their beer. Damn it, people need their beer, and uh, you're supplying it, so. But yeah, everything's all good over here, man. That's that's it. That's all I got. And every week it gets seems like it gets harder and harder to come up with something new to talk about. So, but we I find a way to make it good. Trying to find a way to touch on the things that are excite me and make me happy. And uh, football is certainly one of that. Sorry, Melissa, that uh, football is coming, and uh, <laughs> you're gonna have to sit through all this as, sure as if baseball there. season hasn't been enough. But, yeah, that's it for me, guys. Sweet. Tim, closing thoughts. JP said it best. We made it. Football season is here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for dealing with us through the summer slow seasons. Uh, Next week we'll be talking about the Hall of Fame game maybe. Uh, Randy, if you just heard what Justin said, sorry, football season's here. (laughs) That was his saying, not mine. Just listen to him. Uh, Next week, guys, if you hear this, we'll be giving away some line tickets. So make sure you tune in next week. Yes, for sure. Uh, my closing thoughts today are, I, I do want to thank Tim for jumping on board and being our fourth uh, host here. I, I almost said guest. He's, he's not a guest anymore. He made it to the, uh, he made it to the intro. Um, 
Tim was basically our, our first really loyal listener. He was there like clockwork. And even when he came in late, he admitted, I feel like I'm punching in late for work. So, um, well, we're thankful for that. And, and we took notice early and when the time came for an opportunity to bring somebody else on board, yeah, he's a Buckeye fan, but he's got a wealth of knowledge and he's, and he's dedicated and that's all you can ask for. It's, he's got his own family. It's, it's Sunday night. It's not always the easiest time to go. Um, JP, you know, this is his schedule because he works night shift. I was there with him. Thank God I'm not anymore, but I, I uh-huh. understand his pain. So we work around his schedule. So being able to, to take our situation and, and make that part of his and be loyal, he makes the drive out to the speakeasy every Sunday. Um, and, and that's dedication. And, and, and what he is doing next week, he is a season ticket holder. He is putting up um, a preseason game tickets for a Lions game. And, and, and again, I mean, I, I'm thankful. I know I speak for JP and Rich. That's, that's awesome. And, and, and we couldn't be more excited to have him on board. And uh, you, your sister, uh, JP, great crew. I agree. They make me look better. So, <laughs> but um, no, so look for trivia question next week. Um, and we're going to be putting it on all of those socials next throughout the week, uh, getting everybody excited about next week's show. So, um, oh boy, she checked in, but I was surprised <laughs> she didn't, she didn't hit with, uh, the with, with your betting, but we won't go there. She'll have to go back if she didn't hit it already. So, but yeah, I mean, I think Brandy hit it best here. I, we all are in that situation. I know I always wanted to be in the sports. This gives me an ability to, to kind of live out my dream per se, even though, you know, it's, this is in this nature, but I, I'll take it. I love it. I love all the engagement from, from the viewers and the listeners and um, look forward to getting even better as the year goes on and with football season. So with that being said, we look forward to seeing you guys next, next time. Again, trivia question, look for it. Um, it's going to be a, a, a tricky one. It's going to be a tricky one. I'll just let you know right now. So, but this will be a first for the for the Easy Speak podcast, we've never gone down this road. We're looking forward to it, starting a new tradition. So give us a like, follow, subscribe on all the socials. Please, guys, this helps us out. This makes us better. This gives us better reach. So we look forward to seeing you guys right back here next week. We'll see you. Thank you for tuning in to the Easy Speak at Speakeasy 330 podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to sharing another cold one with you right here next time for another fun-filled episode. Cheers. Cheers.